So how do you attract new business so you constantly don't have to chase it? Hi, I'm Mike Cuevas, the Real Estate Marketing Dude, and this podcast is all about building a strong personal brand people have come to know, like, trust, and most importantly, refer. But remember, it is not their job to remember what you do for a living, it's your job to remind them. Let's get started. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. Folks, we've been on a kick lately in the last couple, uh, I'd say last month, maybe six weeks. We've really been talking about sharpening your offering. If you've been tuning in, um, you've said last week we talked about motivated sellers marketing to them. Uh, the week prior, we talked about offering multiple options to attract more sellers, uh, mixing in video and all that stuff. At the end of the day, folks, what we're really doing is about differentiating our offers. And uh, we got a lot of messages and people um, messaging into the show or whatnot. And what we have today is we're going to, I want to bring you somebody that's actually doing um, all of this stuff. Um, I've known this dude for fucking God, like seven, eight years. As a matter of fact, when he's owned a brokerage in Wheaton, Illinois, at an exit realty redefined brokerage, this dude and his best friend walk into my office. And these guys were young at the time. And I remember looking at them like, who the fuck are these little punks? One of them was a dating coach. Uh, I remember uh, one guy shows up in sweatpants. I'm like, this guy's never going to sell real estate. What the hell is he going to do? Um, and then this other guy, they're, they're young, they're just energetic. And you know, when you get your broker owner, you get a lot of these people come in your office and you see people come and go in this business, come and go, come and go. Most don't ever make it. And I remember um, thinking that these guys, I'm like, these guys aren't going to make it. Swear to God, no offense, Steve. I'm like, these guys aren't going to make it. And you, I don't know about your buddy, but you, I'm like, he's got a good head on his shoulders. Today, they're fucking killing it, you guys. Like, I've not, I'm, I'm so proud of you guys and everything that you guys have accomplished in those seven or eight years because you are just crushing it in Chicago. And these guys um, were probably one of the first that I known, at least in the local level there, that really embraced the hybrid model of being a real estate agent as well as an investor. I'd like to say you guys started as investors first and they sort of went into the real estate agent space, not the other way around. And Steve today is going to go ahead and uh, share his story of exactly what they're doing today in Chicago, how they're offering multiple listings, they're embracing investors, they're helping people flip their own houses, and they're fucking dominating because of it. And they're doing it a lot differently. There's two ways you differentiate yourselves in this business. One is through personal brand. So you create a lot of attention, you become somebody in your market, and you'll attract business. You only do that, I believe, through content creation and through branding and all that. The other way is you offer something different, and that's what Steve is doing. Um, everybody today sells the same fucking thing. Hey, I'm going to list your house on the MLS, pop a sign in the yard. And guess what? There's no differentiation between anybody. So the question I have for any of you guys listening right now is what's the difference between you and every other agent in your market? Most of you can't answer that question. Mm -hmm. Steve can. Without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce Mr. Steve Budzik to the show. And we're going to hear all about his story. Steve, why don't you say hello to our guests and give us a little bit of uh, information on who you are. And we'll get right into this interview. Yeah, yeah. What's up, Mike? What's going on? Thanks for having me today. And yeah, so I'll start from 18 years old, graduated high school, never liked school, barely graduated high school. To be honest with you. And uh, I went into construction. I was in construction for about four or five years. And then we had the downturn transition to being a paramedic and didn't want to do that as there was a ceiling for working for somebody else. Got into real estate with a investment company, iCandy Homes. I was a broker for whatever the minimum is, two years, and opened up iCandy Realty, which was a brokerage. And so it's exactly what you said. We came from the investment space or the investment mindset, transitioned into being a broker, and 
So what we're doing today is we run a model called the Fix Inless Program, which a lot, you know, I've seen, I've heard Compass is doing this a little bit, not so much anymore. And there's, I'm sure there's some other people out there, but what we realized is that exactly what Mike said, you cannot be the same as everybody else. And if you are the same, it's going to be lucky if you win the listing appointment, especially in the market that we're in right now, where most home sellers are interviewing anywhere from three to five agents. And, um, and so we run the fix and list model where we will come out, analyze what needs to be done, what updates or repairs will pay, hire, manage from start to finish and get reimbursed when the property closes. Essentially, we're increasing the equity in the property so that the seller can not only sell for more money, but actually net more money in their pocket. And we're also, as I know Mike has had some other interviews recently, we're also giving them the cash offer. We'll do a joint venture. We'll give them, uh, you know, option contracts. We'll rent out their property. You know, you have to create that value and have that value so that you can be different and you can win more listings. And I remember when you guys started, uh, these guys like started as like primarily rehabbers, I would say more than agents today. I think I look at you guys as more as a real estate agency than an investment company, even though, you know, you still do the investments. And it was interesting when these guys came on, on board because they started out like doing a lot of uh, deals. And I remember you guys actually left our office early on the start. I candy. And I was bummed about that. And I was like, fuck, I like these guys. These guys are going to build, these are the core offering, but you guys well-deserved and you guys uh, made the right move at that time. Um, these guys were really, um, skilled and what their skill level was at the time was they understood investments. So they understood rehab numbers. He could look at a kitchen and be like, well, that's going to probably cost you about $10,000, Mr. Seller without having to ask a second opinion. And I can't tell you how valuable, um, that is in this business. What's not valuable in this business is what everybody else does, which is, Oh, let me go look up the comps. You should already know the comps first off. And then you should know exactly how to look at a residential property and be able to bring it to its highest and best use. Um, at the drop of a dime. And that's what Steve's really, really good at. What they're doing today, you guys, is they're helping people flip their own houses. The number one question people are getting today is like, hey, well, um, and no one cares what you charge, you guys. The reason why realtors are getting their commissions cut is because people only cut your commission when, when it, uh, value is absent. That's it. And the reason why you know everyone's like, oh, you're going under four is because in this type of market, you list a house on the MLS, pop a sign yard, and things are going to sell on its own. You didn't do anything to get that sale. Promise me. Like, you're not like some awesome real estate agent because the MLS just sold your listing. So what Steve's doing is totally flipping it up on its head. Um, in the Chicago market, in the suburbs, a lot of these houses are dated. These, a lot of these properties were built in the 90s, right? I would say like that, where you guys are at. The market out there in that part of town of Chicago started building out in the 90s which today means there's a lot of dated properties, um, oh, yeah. a lot of white on white, a lot of that stuff. So it's very common to go into somebody's house and like see a house and be like, Hey, yeah, this is a nice house. The space is there, man. But, um, you know, if you really want $500,000 for your $400,000 house, you got to get rid of that shag carpeting. You got to put in some Corian countertops, see those oak cabinets. I need to paint that shit white, get rid of these white appliances. I need to pop in some stainless and that bathroom, by the way, we got to get rid of the pink toilet and all this other stuff. Right. And that's yeah. what's opened up a lot of opportunities. So why don't you walk us through how you guys started rehabbing first and when you actually noticed fix and list as an opportunity. And we're going to get into, uh, if you guys have been tuning in, you know what fix and list is, uh, but let's yeah. walk through first. So, yeah. So my partner, Tim too, good friend and partner is also really an expert in construction, which was a, which was a huge value add to having him on the team because 
he and the team can just walk in a house and do exactly what Mike said. How much is a new kitchen? Right on the spot, give a number. And when you can do that, you can build the confidence and give the value. But the process is, uh, is super simple, right? We'll walk into a house. And like Mike said, you need to know the market. You need to give the seller answers on the spot. If your process is to go out and do an appointment and then come back with some numbers, you're missing out on the mark. You're missing out on getting that listing. So when we walk a property, we know exactly what needs to be done. We know the top repairs and updates that are going to net the seller more money. So what we tell every seller is, for every $1,000 that we put into the property, we want to get a 100% return. So if I put $5,000 into a property, I need to be able to sell it for 10, right? Five as a reimbursement to us for doing the work and five as a creation of equity so that the seller can actually truly net more money. So again, go out to the property. We analyze exactly what needs to be done. We create a scope of work with a line item, with a number right on the bottom. We both agree on that. We sign the listing agreement, the scope of work, and we get, to, we get to work right away. Now, one thing is very crucial. You need to work with people that you know are going to sell. You also need to make sure that there's enough equity in the property. Most of the clients that we're actually working for right now are real estate agents who are landlords that wanna get rid of their property and know the value that we provide and they don't want to drive to the house every day and check on contractors. They want to be able to know what's going to get done. They know we're going to deliver quality work. We get it done in a timely fashion and list it and sell it. And just like you said early on, Mike, a lot of our, a lot of our commissions are 6%. And in some case, even more. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't surprise you why you're getting seven or eight. Yeah. Like people uh, right now, when I would, um, take listings. I always took them at a 5%. I never took a six. I don't know why. Just, just the way I practice. Um, and a lot of times my friends would ask me to go below that because I was really referral basically go, oh, right. Give me a, hook me up, hook me up, hook me up. In this particular case, you don't have to hook anybody up. Cause here's what really happens. Like Steve, when you walk up to a seller, I'm assuming that these people are coming as a result of a cash buyer offer. Many of them, or today you're yep. probably getting referrals, but when you guys started, you guys would market cash buyers, right? Cause that's what gets the phone to ring. And there's nothing, there's not, not an easier conversion to be had than when you promise someone more money. Is there No. like people are always like asking me for a script. I'm like, what the fuck's the script, dude? The script is I'm going to give you $30,000 more. What else do you want? Like, yeah, exactly. so walk us through the importance of that, because I think this is where a lot of people miss. This is like, if you're going to go out and lead generate, put your offer in front of the most motivated seller, right? All we're doing is we're copying what investors have always done in wholesalers. They find absentee owners, distressed assets, probate, uh, forbearance, foreclosure, bankruptcy, divorce, whatever it may be. Any type of life circumstance that gets people to raise their hand and uh, symbolizes that, hey, they probably have to sell. And then you put your offer in front of someone's, hey, I want to buy your house. People who have to sell or are motivated to buy are going to raise their hands. Although a very small percentage of those people are going to take the offer. How many people out of the ones that you market actually take your cash offer? Or would you say uh, take the cash offer? Man, out of, I would say you're probably like one out of 20. So that, we were saying one out of 10. We were saying like 8%. You're more like five with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, a lot of people want uh, a lot of people want more money. And we're full disclosure. We lay out all the options, super clear, right in an email. Right, we explain to them, and we obviously have you know brochures and handouts and things like. But it's it's full disclosure. Here's your cash offer. Here's the fix and list. Here's what here's what your home would sell as is. You know, here's if we JV. You know, we'll do a joint venture if the house needs more than. Uh, around $50,000, it starts to be more of a joint venture because for us to put $50,000 into somebody's house and only get one or 2% doesn't really start to make financial sense for us. So sure. we need to have a piece of that equity. And we explain that to them. And most sellers, they, they do understand. Um, Does anyone so ever people, question your value? No. The number one question that I always get is what if it doesn't sell? And my answer is- Well, then I'm fucked. Happened. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's never happened. Sure. It's happened one time where the seller didn't want to sell, but that's because they wanted to stay in the house. So they reimbursed us and that's it. I always tell people the simple analogy of this. If you improve any product, if you take a car that got hail damage on a car lot and you remove all the dents, do you increase the value or decrease it? It's not a trick question. You increase the value. That's exactly what we are doing when we go into properties. The other key component is that the work that we're doing, we are getting at a wholesale price. So we're not going to be charged $20,000 to paint the seller's house. We're going to get it done for a fraction of the price, still get it done fast and still top quality. That's interesting. So you're not like, um, because, and do you guys have your own, I, you guys have your own guys, like your own crews that are doing this, right? Yeah. Um, because a lot of people wouldn't, we'll, we'll come back to that. But yeah. uh, that's very important is because, uh, and, and Steve, I don't know how the numbers work on this or what you're willing to uh, share or unshare, but what a lot of questions we get is that people are ask, well, how do I set up a fix in this program in my office? Well, you get some money and then you get some paperwork approved by your attorney and then you just go and do it, I think, right? Is that, <laughs> or uh, you guys, there's iBuyers, we call them soft iBuyers in your market, right? In every market right now that'll lend you the funds and do this. And they're already, this is already checked out with all of that. However, I do believe that if you're a business owner and you really want to play, have a lucrative play that you're going to create your own fixed and list program, much like what Steve has done, especially for brokers or teams or all of that. So how does it work? How do you make money? How does seller uh, make money? How does all that stuff work? I mean, again, like just to answer your question, sometimes we have no contract, like, and I'm not advising people to do that, but I'm so confident and comfortable with the people that I'm working in the situation that they're in. I don't need a piece of paper because at the end of the day, that's all it is. You can record a mortgage on title. You can do a lien. If the person's not going to pay, they're not going to pay. And you got to eventually take them to court. So we do have paperwork. We have a memorandum of contract or a, a memorandum of contract. You know, we'll sometimes record a mortgage. We'll record the renovation and sale agreement, but that's only if it's above you know, you start to get above $15,000, $20,000 is when we'll get a little bit more aggressive on the recording because that's a whole process in itself and also comes at a cost. Otherwise, we do a simple scope of work language that says, if you, the seller, cancel the listing at any time, we are due this amount in full. That's it. You know, again, some people are going to disagree with me, but again, you can have, it's like earnest money, Mike. It's, yep. it's means really nothing. I had, uh... I had a one of our clients uh, here. We use text right here. Uh, this is for you, Chris Thompson, if you're uh, listening. Um, he texted me today. He goes here, um, and a lot of people. He goes, "Here's my holdup." He's like, hey, "I was listening to your podcast last week, and I have um, 
a property that this is perfect for. These people want this amount of money. It's only worth this. Like I could handle the bank. I could bankroll this. I have an investor that could do this. Like I want to go ahead and do this. And he just doesn't know what to do first, but don't overthink it. See, here's what's going to happen is like, we're, me and you are having a conversation right now, literally like showing you guys on how to make hundreds of thousands of dollars in a way and differentiate yourself. But the truth is, is that a very small percentage of you guys will actually take action on this and actually do it. Why that is, I don't know. I don't get it. But, um, you know, you, you to make this happen, you just got to fucking do it. I mean, that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. You have to take action and you have to build the program first before you can market it. That means yeah. you have to go out and get an investor. You need to go out and get crews. You could call one of these soft eye buyers. But once that's done, it's really just a matter of enacting it, right? I mean, you go to a house. Yeah. Hey, that ca that carpet needs to be replaced. Okay, well, do you have the money to replace it to yourself? How many people have liquidity to do these improvements themselves, Stephen? Even if they did, how many are willing? Yeah, I would say probably only 10%. Even if they have the money, they would rather use ours and pay the higher percentage. They feel more comfortable. I don't, I don't know what it is. And I would tell agents this is if they want to get started, start small. Start with $5,000, right? Start with going out and finding the basics. Find a good painter, find a good carpet guy. You know, the basic low level. I always tell sellers, listen, my goal is to do it the least amount of work to your home that will maximize the return. I personally want to put as little as money as I can in your property because I don't want to put 50 grand into your property and hope I can get a hundred. So again, we're experts at knowing exactly what needs to be done. Right now we're all self-funded, but when we started, we had a small line of credit from an investor and we use that, you know, you, you do what you have to do to get the money, but getting the money, don't let that be the holdup because I mean, hell, you could put it on credit cards. Yeah. You know, you get business, a business loan. Like there's so many different ways and things that you could do to get the money. I see that as being a holdup for a lot of people. Um, but it, it's easy to fund it, right? It's easy, honestly, to find the guys. And so here's some, uh, questions I could see some people asking yeah. It's like, Hey, uh, what a, did the seller move out during the process? Do they stay there during the process or does it depend on the amount of work or what kind of work? Uh, I've seen yeah. some situations, uh, there's a group out here in California where they actually now pay for the sellers like hotel stay or Airbnb stay for seven or eight days while they do the work and they just build yeah. that into their pro forma and their pricing. So like yeah. they're even, people are even adding in customer service with the fix and list program, right? They, really like imagine if you, Hey, we're going to hold you up right here. Uh, you're going to be cross street from great America. You and your kids can go out there and have a great time. And then you show up and then there's branded little blankets of all of your shit on there. Like you get the, like, imagine just how powerful that is. Yeah. Like this is you guys, I'm telling you, this is the future of this entire business. It's not that oh, yeah. real estate's changing. It's consumer. What consumers want from their agent has changed. And I don't think real estate agents are worth five to 6% anymore when with technology and online. I mean, I'm sorry, you guys, but I wish I, I wish I could say that, but what do we really do to earn a commission? You put a listing on the MLS and you just sit there and wait, be honest with yourself. Right. People, um, the writing's on the wall. The reason why these iBuyers have come into the marketplace and are throwing every real estate agent under the bus is for that reason. We allowed them to. When the yeah. status quo is like, like imagine like if I was going to go out and start serving tacos, Steve knows I like to talk about tacos, right? Steve. So we start talking about tacos and I'm serving tacos. What if I just started selling tacos that I just bought that were frozen from Walmart and I just kept reheating them up versus making the old authentic shit? Yeah. It's the experience people that, that they remember. 
I'm curious to know how many damn referrals you get from these people and what they think of you when the, when they get that check in their pocket, like just imagine the marketing of that. I just helped this person flip their own house and they just made another 25 grand because of my involvement. Cole banker came here uh, not put any real estate brokerage or ABC realtor, whatever came here and um, they were going to sell my house for 6%. Well, I just took it at 7% and they made 180 grand. Like there's no competition. Yeah. Yeah. You've got, as a real estate agent, you have got to be constantly improving yourself. And that's, you know, just, just before we started this, we were talking about what we're doing with the QR codes and update and just, just constantly improving your process and your value to your clients. Otherwise you will disappear over the next 10 years. I think it will probably be more like five years. I would say a lot of agents are going to uh, disappear in the next five to 10 years, hundred percent, the entire industry is going to drastically change and the writing is on the wall. I mean, it's easy to see that Zillow is going to become a brokerage just like Redfin. They are. It, yeah. It, yeah. Simple. Everybody's going to be a brokerage. All big tech is, and they'll be employing their agents and the agents will start working for them. And yep. same thing as Redfin. Um, and then there's going to be specialties. Like that's, what's going to happen. But what I do think is that you're either going to go flat fee. If, if your listing marketing plan is really just an MLS listing assignee yard, you're going to go flat fee. Like people just want you to earn the commission and you do that either through your skills, you do that through your program um, or you do it through your brand. Like Josh Altman, million dollar listing. Yeah. You think he's ever going to get asked to go below 6%? Never. No, because he's got brand to do so. So um, you have to, that's part of brand. Like you either, you outbrand the competition and earn your commission or you do something different and earn it because they can't touch it. But it's one of those two ways that I yeah. see it uh, really hitting down the pipe. Um, what other uh, types of offerings like are you seeing come out of this? Um, and as you guys started, cause you guys have been doing this, what's 12 to 18 months or longer. Oh yeah. I mean, our first fix and list was uh, if you check our YouTube videos, I think it was four or five years ago. Really? Our first one, yeah, our first one was a seller that was in foreclosure. And so we, we uh, they had a lot of equity and even way more ability to capture upside, but the house needed some work. I think the bill came out to like twelve or $15,000 worth of work, but that was our first one. Kind of fell into it like, wow, right? You're able to really help this person sell their home and, and capture even more equity. That house was in foreclosure. They needed every possible penny that they could get because that was all the money they had. And then from there, it kind of just went slow and we were, we were working with people. And then, like you said, referrals, but ideally, yes, the home is vacant. If the home is not vacant, then the price for construction will be more. Um, But I like that idea of putting people in an Airbnb or putting them in a hotel. But again, most of the properties that we're selling are like second residence, um, investment properties, um, the one lady, you know, we went on the listing appointment, you know, she started to cry, right? She just started to cry because she said that nobody has ever helped her in this way before. Really? Nobody. Yeah, we, we paid $10,000 for her to move to Florida. Then we did the work and then we listed it and sold it. Damn. She was, I mean, that was a light. She really said, you changed my life. I would have never been able to A, get the price that I did and B, move to Florida because how is she going to move to Florida if she has no money? So we advanced her the money, right? So these, these offerings, just, you got to be quick on your feet. You got to be creative. 
You know, we had another property where, you know, it was, we were, I literally had to drive down to redeem the taxes because it was the day of the sale. And again, 100% property was owned free and clear. I had to drive down, pay $17,000 in, in a tax bill, but you've got to be- Free and clear property. And I was going to go to foreclosure. Oh, wait, no, it, uh, it was tax, tax sale. sale. Yeah, tax sale. Jesus. Yep. It was on the day of redemption, which I know with all COVID is, is kind of, they, they probably could have extended it. But my point is, is that, you know, people are in weird situations and you got to be quick and you've got to adapt to be able to solve their problem. And most of the time we're solving either financial problems or where the property is just physically distressed. And that, I think that's the, you sort of said it really well. It's not so much of quit selling your services and start selling your solutions and you'll start attracting yeah. Like you don't yeah, feel I, like you I, have a, a sale there. Like I'm you're like, Hey, do you want to make this money? You want to make that money? What's more important to you? Speed, time or money? Yep. I can't tell you how many times I've of people paying five, 10, $20,000 in Zillow and getting a zero return. Right. And so I have basically built my whole business off of social media and I pay $0 for leads. Zero. Yeah, you guys are and you guys started in video uh, back in uh, oh, 2015 man. with my brother back then. And you guys, I think started. it was honestly before, I mean, we were doing video before video was a thing, you know, but it's all about being ahead of times and uh, just being innovative, right. And continuing to craft your skill. You got to be good at whatever you do. I don't care if you're a carpenter or you're a painter, you know, become better, become faster and get better results for your clients. Yep. How many people in Chicago um, are doing this? I have not been on one appointment where somebody else was doing this program. Again, I did hear that Compass was doing it, but I don't know. I, I feel like I don't they do. see the- Compass has a program yeah. called Concierge, but they don't market it like as well as they should. Yeah. Like, I think you could, you could build a whole brand on this leg. You guys are um, yeah. proving it, right? But they don't really talk about it much. It's very hush-hush. Um, yeah. I don't see, I, I, I know a lot of conversations, but I just don't see them talk about it much, but it's probably yeah. the biggest value add that um, anyone can bring um, to the table. A um, couple other things, a couple other things too, to just bring value, right? We do a pre-listing inspection checklist. So it's almost like home inspector where we have a checklist that we'll run through most common inspection items or deal breakers, right? So we do, we're doing that up front or as a, as a value add to, again, get the listing or win the listing, I should say. Sure. Uh, and also handling any inspection items on the back end. A lot of sellers don't have the ability or know the people to be able to handle things at a reasonable price. And then the third thing is, is for agents that really want to expand their sphere, this is something that I've really been hitting on is as an agent, you need to have multiple streams of income. You know, you hear everybody talk about that. You need to be the go-to person for anything and everything. You need to look at the transaction for a buyer and a seller. Who and what do they need? They need moving trucks, attorneys, lenders, but what else do they need? Do they need a blind company, right? What if they buy the fixer-upper? They need the carpet replaced. You need to have painters, carpet guys, everybody and anybody on your list so that you can provide that as value. You can get referrals from those vendors. Yep. You will be Nobody will be doing that. The other thing that most agents do is as soon as the transaction closes, that's the end of the relationship. For me, it's just the beginning. It is just the beginning. I'm calling them. What do you need? Hey, 
What are you doing? What do you need? What's going on with your house? Oh, you need cabinets? No problem. Give me a buzz. I want to help them with whatever they need. I don't care what it is, if it's related to their house or not, because. And how many, and can you think of any um, referral opportunities just by you doing that? Cause that, that, that's, it irks me so bad. Like we live in a referral dominated business, but 90% of agents um, spike the football once the closing happens and then they lose touch with the client. And then they get pissed five years down the road when that client is now holding keys with Steve Budzik and not them. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, so what, what other ideas or things or, um, no, I forgot what I was going with that train of oh. thought, but, I, um, no, but you're right. The, uh, ancillary streams is great. I, every brokerage is do a lot of brokerages are doing this as well. Yeah. Like we have to, um, you guys are a resource and because you're a non, you can collect referral fees from, um, other service providers, a hundred percent, as long as they're not a party to the transaction, you, they just can't be RESPA related. So you can't get a kickback from your lender or the title rep or the escrow rep. You can't do that. That's illegal. But if you're bringing like movers and painters Pain. and carpenters, like, what do you think those guys do to generate leads? The same thing you guys do. They pay someone to bring them business. There's like a whole thing called Angie's list, right? That contractors sign up for and get business from like, Lead generation is the same in every industry, but we don't look at it that way. Yep. Yep. And those guys, those contractors, you know, like I've got a granite guy that I just give business and business and business. He'll call me now and again when he has a lead for, for real estate, yeah. you know, or the painter or the cabinet guy or just anybody. It, it expands your sphere of influence 10 times without spending any money. Everybody wants to jump to Zillow to buy leads. I'd say that's the stupidest thing that you can do. If you can't exhaust all your ways first, you will eventually fail or you will just overspend on marketing. Yep. Well, and your, your business is built on a house of cards waiting to fail. Like Zillow became a brokerage. So you're not gonna be able to buy their leads anytime soon. They just still selling you guys the leads because they just need a little bit more time to make that official. But trust me, when that shit happens, they're not gonna be selling you guys any leads. They're gonna say the leads are gone. The Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross leads are now going to my brokers. That's what they're going to say. Now you got to uh, be a their brokerage. Yeah, then you're going to convert and join them. Um, you, you cannot, um, it, it, you, you said it well. It's like you cannot um, build your brand on something you don't own. Like you can't build your business, I mean, on something you don't own. And what you do own is your brand. That's yes. all we have. Like, that's all we have. What else do we have? Like, most people, I have, I have an MLS listing and a sign. Like I, okay, great. What's the difference between you and everybody else? Yep. Yep. So, uh, Steve, any closing thoughts you want to add an excellent show? I think you got up all the points. Any other, uh, things you want to mention anyone listening? No, I mean, just, you know, I'm, I'm always accessible. If anybody ever has any questions, I'm always happy to help because what I see is so many people get stuck on the smallest things, right? Like they can't get money or they can't, it's always something so small that just completely stops them. So I would say, reach out if, if you have any questions at all relating to real estate. And I would say, be the expert and be the pro in your space right? I know Mike, you know, you're in California, thousands of miles away, like just be the expert and continue to hone in on your skill set, and you won't disappear over the next five to 10 years. Cause I can promise you guys it's coming. Some people see it. Most people don't. Well said. 
Um, skill set is always something you guys should be working on. Um, most people in the industry right now haven't seen a full 10 year cycle. And somehow this last one's been more like 20 year cycle, um, with the real estate market, but you guys traditionally, it repeats every 10 years, it goes up and it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. Most people haven't seen that cycle yet. It's very hard to envision what that looks like if you haven't lived through one, um, mm -hmm. before. So what Steve's telling you is giving you like literally honest advice. Um, 10 years ago, what that change looked like was short sales and foreclosures and REO. Mm -hmm right? Or eight years ago. Now it's new construction. So there's always a skill. You had to learn a skill then. Today it's fixing list. Today it's multiple options, right? In 10 years from now, it's going to be something else. I promise you, but you have to keep thinking ahead. Very well said, Steve. Uh, why don't you go ahead and give everybody your website, YouTube channel, all that stuff so they can connect with you on social. Yeah, sure thing. So Steve Budzik, phone number 630-935-0700 and website is www.icandyrealty.com. Nope. Appreciate you, dude. Awesome. And congrats on all of your success. And folks, thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. Folks, if you're looking to learn more about a fixed list program or multiple options, visit our website, listingadvocate.com. If you're interested in learning more, you could also visit our website for video content. If you're looking to build your personal brand and you don't want to go out and hire some random dude that doesn't know how to script, edit, or distribute your content, then you call up real estate marketing dudes. You don't need more leads. You need more dudes. And all we will do is script, edit, distribute your videos, and make sure you will not log on to Facebook and learn about one of your past classmates, family, friends, or maybe, I don't know, fraternity brothers, forgetting that you're in real estate because this business is a giant popularity contest. And as long as you keep the attention on your brand, you're always going to attract and you'll stop losing listings to iBuyers and all the other competition. So we appreciate you guys. Why don't you guys follow us on YouTube, IG, Facebook. I will get my TikTok going one day. And thanks for subscribing. Leave us some comments and visit our website. Schedule a demo with a dude right now. And we'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. Peace. Thank you for watching another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude Podcast. If you need help with video or finding out what your brand is, visit our website at www.realestatemarketingdude.com. We make branding and video content creation simple and do everything for you. So if you have any additional questions, visit the site, download the training, and then schedule time to speak with a dude and get you rolling in your local marketplace. Thanks for watching another episode of the podcast. We'll see you next time.